is called the Great Tribulation. I believe uh, that the Bible teaches that none of these things have happened, so they're all yet future. None of these things the Bible talks about has ever been seen in the world, not in the way it was described. And I think the Bible is literal, and it's going to come to pass in a literal way. And none of these things have happened. I am still looking for them to take place in the future. I am still looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to send the great tribulation on earth. I don't believe it's already happened like so many today. I don't believe it was Antiochus Epiphanes IV. I don't believe it was Adolf Hitler or Mussolini or anybody else. I think what's coming uh, is far different from that. Our journey begins tonight in a throne room in heaven. And none of us have seen that throne room in heaven. There are prophets that have seen it, and all the dead uh, that have had faith in God have seen it, but not us. And our journey begins in a throne room in heaven where there is a problem, and that's what Revelation chapter 5 is about. We have a problem. We have a scroll, and it has seven seals affixed to that scroll, and they searched heaven and earth, and no one was able to be worthy enough to open the scroll. No one was found worthy to open that scroll after the search of heaven and earth revealed that no one uh, was able to do that. And then John, the apostle who gave us to this, started to weep because no one was there to open the scroll. And all of a sudden, the angel says to John, stop weeping because a person appears in the throne room and he looks like a lamb that has been slain, that has been slaughtered. And that lamb is Jesus Christ. And he alone was found worthy to open the scroll. And so John stopped his weeping. And this act will begin the judgment of God on sin that has been waiting for uh, centuries and centuries when God finally says enough is enough. It is a time when the time of the Gentiles has begun to end through the great tribulation, such as the world has never seen. It is about to unfold as God in heaven reveals his work in the end of days, and it will have something to do with the opening of the seals on this scroll. It is not science fiction. It is not make-believe. It is not a made-up story. It is an enactment of the unfolding of the promises of God that have been given in Scripture that God made about the gathering of his people together and the destruction of the wicked through the pouring out of his great cup of wrath on sinful men. It shows us what God thinks of human sin. And if the tribulation doesn't do anything for us, it shows us how much God absolutely hates sin and must deal with it. This is the time in history that God is going to pour out his wrath on unbelieving men. It's not that uh, their ancestors didn't also deserve that kind of punishment, but these people are going to be so wicked that when God brings his punishments on them, none of them will repent and turn to heaven and ask for forgiveness. Most Most of them will go and hide in places and ask the rocks to fall on them. So the lamb takes the scroll in his hands and he begins to open the seals and things begin to happen in Revelation chapter 6. There's all kinds of things going on in the throne room of God. One of the things that's happening is that there are seraph angels, uh, there are seraph class angels, and they are above the throne of God, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then in the presence of the throne, there are four living creatures. Uh, They're not really human, they're not really angelic-like, but they're four creatures, and that's what they're called. One of them has and looks like a lion. He has a head of a lion and looks like a lion. The other one is like a calf, and he looks like a calf. 
One is like a man, but he's not a man. He has a face like a man, but he's also one of the four living creatures. And then the last one is one who has a form of a flying eagle. And these are creatures that are in the throne room of God. They're there all the time, probably out in front of the throne. And it's amazing to think of creatures that have life and have intelligence and can talk, but they're not human. Uh, they're more angelic than anything else. And they are going to be uh, the revealers and those who get involved in the first four seals that are broken. So the lamb takes the scroll and it begins to happen as he be begins to bring destruction on planet Earth. The lamb broke the first seal and one of the four living creatures, I believe the one that looks like a lion, says, come, which is a command. And behold, what happens when he said that was a white horse appeared and one on it had a bow, but he had no arrows and he had a crown and he went out upon the earth to conquer the earth. He is the one they call the Antichrist, although the word Antichrist never occurs in the book of Revelation. We believe he fits the description of this man par excellence. And this is the rise <clears throat> of his kingdom. The second seal is then broken. And the second creature, probably the calf, says, come. There was a red horse now who showed up, and the one who rode it had a great sword given to him. And he took away peace from the earth, and he directed men to slay each other. The Lord God, the Lamb, broke the third seal. And as it was broken, a third living creature, the one that looked and had the form of a man in his face, uh, said, Come, and a black horse came, and its rider had scales in his hand, and famine and death were decreed for all of the land. And then when that was done, the fourth seal was broken, and the fourth living creature, probably the eagle that looked like a flying eagle, said, Come. And an ashen horse, a deep gray horse, came, and one with him whose name was Death, the rider. And Death was riding, and Hades was following him. And he was given authority to kill one-fourth of the people on planet Earth with a sword, with famine, with pestilence, and wild beasts. These four represent the path of the events of the Great Tribulation. If you will, a general description of the end times, these four riders on these horses. The rest of the seals are about to come. The fifth seal was broken. And what we see are the souls of martyrs under the altar in heaven who were slain because they obeyed the word of God and they followed the word of God. They were all given a white robe to wear. They called for God to avenge their murders by the wicked people of the earth. That time will come. The sixth seal was broken, and there was a great earthquake in the earth, and the sun turned black and the moon red like blood. Stars fell from the heavens, and the sky was split like a great scroll rolled up, and every island and mountain were moved out of their places. Could be that these stars are giant comma-like uh, bodies in, from, the, uh, from outer space. Then the people of Earth, <coughs> I'm having a terrible time with my voice, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I know it's annoying, about as annoying as this thing sticking up and I can't do anything about that. Hang in there with me. The people of the earth hid themselves in caves and rocks of the mountains for the great day of the wrath of Almighty God was upon them. And the question is asked, who can stand? The answer is no one unless God gives them that power. Then four angels who were standing at the four corners of the earth, wherever that is, were commanded to hold back the wind so that it might not blow over the earth. And so there will be no wind on the earth at that time. 
Nothing more would happen until the bondservants of Jesus were marked as commanded by the four angels. The bondservants of God were sealed with a mark on their foreheads, 144,000 of them. And there was worship in heaven. The martyrs were then identified in heaven as well. And in worship, they ascribed blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power and might to God forever and ever. And then the seventh and final seal of the scroll was broken. And this covers chapter 8, verse 1, to chapter 19, verse 10 of the book of Revelation. There is worship in heaven. And for some reason, the worship in heaven produces a giant fireball, even bigger than that, and it's thrown down to earth. And there was thunder on the earth and rumblings the worldwide and flashes of light and another great earthquake. The seventh seal was, in fact, the container of the seven trumpets of God, all judgments that are about to be blown, and there will be more judgment on the earth. So the seventh seal brings about the seven trumpets that will be blown by angels of God. The seven trumpets bring further destruction on planet earth. The first trumpet is blown, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, all thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth, the trees and the green grass, was completely burned up. Then the second angel sounded the second trumpet, and it's blown. Something like a mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became as blood, and a third of the life in the sea died, and a third of the ships in the sea were all destroyed. Then the third trumpet was blown. A great star called Wormwood, which means poison, like a burning torch fell from heaven, and it fell on and poisoned one-third of the rivers and springs of water, and many who died, the wa- or many died who drank that water. And then the fourth trumpet was sounded by the angel. A third of the sun, the moon, and the stars were struck, so that a third of their light was now gone for a third of their time over the earth. There was less light everywhere. At this point, the book stops, and it talks about an eagle that is flying in mid-heaven. And this eagle is speaking with a voice of a man, and it says this, Woe, 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 which is a sign of God's destruction to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet and the three angels who are about to sound. The last three trumpets are the most terrible of trumpets. The last trumpet, the seventh one, contains the bowls of the wrath of God that will be poured out on earth. But before that, the fifth trumpet sounded. There is a prison for demons, and it's called the abyss. And the abyss opened up, and its ruler, Abaddon, its king, which means destroyer, and demon beings like locusts with scorpion stings who were to only inflict those who did not have the mark of God on them on the earth for a period of five months. So if you will, a Pandora's box opens up, these demons come out, and for five months they will terrify those who do not have the mark of God on them. The locusts are like horses ready for battle. They had crowns of gold, faces like a man, hair of a woman, teeth like lions, breastplates like iron, and tails like scorpions, and the power to hurt unbelievers of the earth. Then the sixth trumpet will sound, and it is all about war, and it covers chapters 13 to 15 in Revelation. It's about military conflict. 
Four demons were released from their bindings that have been bound and are bound right now at the great river Euphrates. They were prepared to kill one-third of mankind, one-third that is left. They brought a demonic army with them of 200 million demonic soldiers. They were mounted on horses that had breastplates the color of fire and of brimstone, reminiscent of hell and what it's made up of. Uh, they had heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire and brimstone. And the power of the horses was in their mouth and in their tails. Their tails were like headed serpents by which they do harm to people of the earth. Those not killed by their plagues refused to repent of all their wickedness against God. In chapter 10, a strong angel came out of heaven, and he swore what the seven peals of thunder spoke. But these words were sealed up by John. We don't know what the seven peals of, of thunder said, but this, Evan, this angel spoke according to the words that are not written down for us. The seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet. Then the mysteries of God will be complete. The scroll was handed to John, the apostle in heaven, who was getting this revelation. He ate the scroll that the angel carried uh, about the destruction of the earth, and it says it was sweet to his taste. Why? Because it is the word of God. But then he said it is bitter in his stomach because it's about destruction. It contained prophecy against many nations, tongues, and kings of the earth. Two human witnesses came from heaven to earth, sent there by God. They prophesied for 1,260 days. They defended themselves with fire from their mouths. They can stop the rain. They can turn water to blood and strike the earth with plagues as they wish. And they did that to the point where unbelievers were furious with them. They are given the power of power of. They are given to the power of evil. Finally, and they are killed, but they are raised from death by God three and one half days and they're caught up into heaven. We call them the two witnesses. And then the seventh trumpet was blown. The seventh trumpet releases the seven bowls of God's wrath on planet Earth. Then we are introduced to the great personages of the end of days. The woman is Israel. The red dragon with seven heads and ten horns is Satan and his confederation. The male child most probably refers back to Christ. The archangel Michael, who along with his angelic forces cast Satan out of heaven and cast him to the earth. The offspring of the woman, who was persecuted by the dragon, is most likely Israel. The beast from the sea is a future dictator, and the beast out of the earth is the false prophet or of, of the Antichrist or the religious leader of the one world church. The beast devours all religion on the earth, and he demands to be worshipped. We call him the Antichrist. The closing days of the tribulation will see the bold judgments of God and that will start with what happens at a place called Har-Mageddon, or as we like to say, Armageddon. Har means mountain of Megiddo, Har-Mageddon. And so it's at the plain by Megiddo. Noel and I were there and we could see that big open plain. That's where the armies of the world are going to end up. They're going to be heading down into Jerusalem to fight with the Antichrist because they've had it up to here with him. Well, the seventh trumpet is sounded and the bowls are poured out from heaven on earth in a very rapid succession. Bowl one, ugly, painful sores come on those who bear the mark of the beast. Bowl number two is poured out when bowl one is done. And all, the sea, and all in the sea dies and the sea looks like blood. 
Bowl number three comes, and rivers and streams become blood. Bowl number four, intensive heat from the sun, and now true climate change. Bowl number five, the beast's throne is the object, and his kingdom darkened, and men will gnaw their tongues because of the intense pain. Bowl number six, the Euphrates is dried up and prepares the way for the kings of the east to come, uh, come to war against the Antichrist. They will be rounded up by three demons that are called the demons that look like frogs, so I call them frog demons. One comes out of the mouth of Satan, one comes out of the mouth of the Antichrist, and one comes out of the false prophet. And they go into the world and they gather people to come war against the Antichrist. That's what they think they're doing, but when they get there, the Lord is going to be running, riding out of heaven with his armies, and they're all going to turn uh, not, not against the Antichrist then, but against God who is coming out of heaven, against Jesus on the white horse, and they will join forces to fight him. And the frog demons incite them to come to Armageddon and fight Christ who is returning. They think they're going to fight the Antichrist, but it changes. And then bowl seven. And the Bible says the greatest earthquake the earth has ever seen will fall upon the earth. And hail will fall from heaven that weighs about 100 pounds each. And those hailstones would be about the size of a washer or dryer. And Babylon is split apart. And the cities of the nations collapse. Then Jesus comes back to destroy all his enemies. He is the victor and he sets up his kingdom. He destroys the Antichrist and the false prophet and throws him alive into the lake of fire. He imprisons Satan and his demons for a thousand years during his kingdom. And we will eat with the Lord in a meal in his kingdom, the marriage supper of the Lamb, which we look forward to every time we take communion. Those who overcome, who deny Satan, who deny the Antichrist and cling to Jesus, attain his blessing, and they have nothing to fear. Jesus will remove his children, the Bible says, before his great wrath comes against sinners in 1 Thessalonians 5.9. And that is why we have a tonight that is called Good Friday. We accept his love demonstrated through his sacrifice on that cross to have our sins forgiven. As his wrath against sin is great, as we just reviewed in the last days, the eschaton, his love for us is greater when he laid down his life for each of us. Through Easter, God shows how much he loves us. God shows us the price of sin in us. God shows us in the eschaton what he really thinks of sin and of rebellion. <clears throat> but at Easter time, we get to see just how much Jesus loves us and cares about us and gives us a chance never to enter the great tribulation, never to have the wrath of God fall on us. Through Easter, God shows how much he loves us and people look over that and look at God's wrath at sin and say they don't want anything to do with God. This is not to be looked, o looked over or overlooked. This is not to be uh, taken lightly, what Jesus did on the cross on this Friday night years ago. He is coming sooner than we think, I believe, and these things will soon unfold upon the earth, and the earth will, will uh, mourn, and the earth will cry, and blood will flow, as they finally figure out that God is serious about his wrath. I want to read a verse from 2 Corinthians 6.2. For he says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. 
And then he goes on to say, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I think every sign is present uh, that we are in the birth pangs and ready for the Lord to come. And the earth is right on schedule for its deterioration. It's going to be headed, heading for what God is going to do uh, to those who don't love him. As the days approach, they cry peace, peace, but there is no peace. They cry prosperity, there is no prosperity, and it will only get worse. So the issue is this, do you know him? And when I say no, I mean uh, K-N-O-W, do you have an intimate relationship with this God who has given us a chance to escape the wrath of sin? And I'm sure that even everything that happens in the tribulation has nothing, it's not even close to what can, is going to be like in the lake of fire forever and ever. Jesus Christ gives us a way out. As I look out at my audience, I would say pretty much, as far as I know, everybody here, except maybe our youngest ones, know Jesus as their Savior, but I really don't know that. You know where your heart's at. You know what you have or have not done with Jesus. But I just want to encourage you, and I want to encourage those who are checking us out on our Facebook page. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, by that I mean if you have not asked him to forgive you of your sins, if you have not asked him uh, to be your Lord, to be the one who you invite into your life to save you and take away all of your sins, then you're not going to make it. And we may well be in the days where uh, people alive today will see the tribulation. I think that's going to happen. And once you get into that, you're going to realize you should have listened. You should have done something about your sin with Jesus. Now is the time of salvation. Today's the day. And all you have to do, and you can say it in your head. You don't have to say it out loud, even because God knows what you're thinking. You can say, Jesus, I understand that I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I understand that without you, I can't have eternal life. So today, I ask your forgiveness for my sins. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And that in believing, I can have the gift of eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and life eternal. You need Jesus Christ. I, I don't even like to <laughs> read this, these things that are going to happen, let alone have to be one who would go through it but many will choose to go through it, and their hearts will be hardened. So don't harden your heart. Open it and trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And then you won't have to look forward to any of that stuff. You'll be with Jesus, and there will be glory, and there will be his power, and we will see these things from the heavenly side and not the earth. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, the gospel message is so simple, and yet people sometimes have trouble understanding it. I ask that you would open the hearts of people who have heard this, who do not know you, and that they would say, I need to make that decision to trust Jesus as my Savior. I've maybe never done that before. I've gone to church all my life, but I've never done that. And those watching at home, Lord, have no idea where they're at and what they're, what they're thinking. But I pray that they would understand by the power of the Spirit of God that you would open up their hearts, that they would understand their need for you, their need for repentance, and their need to put their faith in Jesus Christ as the only one who can save them, 
And then, Father, we know your spirit will take up residence in them immediately. And then I pray that they would work hard to get to know you, to know your word, and be obedient to you as their Savior. Just thank you for this time. Thank you for Jesus Christ who gave up his life on that cross so that we could have hope. Otherwise, all of us deserve the wrath of God against us. It's only by the grace of Jesus Christ that we can experience your love. And that's my goal. I want people to everywhere to experience your love. In your name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Steve if he'll come and dismiss us. Uh, normally we like to uh, leave after Good Friday in a contemplative spirit about what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for us. Would you bow with me? Father God, I do pray as we leave your house tonight, whether it's those who are here or those who are on, on uh, uh, electronic media, just pray, Father, that, uh, your, that our hearts would be with you. Uh, if they are, I just pray that we all have family, friends, uh, those who we work with, that uh, we would spread your message uh, heartfeltfully to them because we acknowledge that now is the time. Pray you'd be with us as we continue on this weekend in remembering what you did for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.